0: Hey guys, welcome to the Whatever Floats Your Boat podcast. This episode is an audio recording from the YouTube Live we did the other evening, all about the Corsair 880 trimaran that we have had for the past few months, and that we've been trailer sailing basically full-time for the past few months. And I just want to add a few quick little points in here. First off, this is our first time ever on a trimaran. It was our first time ever on a Corsair, so we're completely we're pretty new to this world. Obviously we had a older performance catamaran for a few years um, and it was similar in some ways to that, but it's still pretty different as well, but pretty easy to learn. Awesome experience. Um, A few things about the boat that I didn't really stress in the live um, because we were mostly answering quite, you know, a lot of questions and points that people want us us to talk about. And a lot of it was um, kind of around like living or, you know, the ability to live on the boat and for how long and stuff like that. But the two things are basically, and I've said this before, every boat is a compromise. No boat is perfect. You got to give up something to get something else. And it was really cool to see how functional it was to trailer sail this boat and be able to put it up on the trailer, tow it down the highway legally and pretty easily for that matter, and then the performance you get out of the boat on the water. So it was really, really neat to see um, that balance and and how much performance you could get out of this boat for something that you could easily trailer sail. And then the other thing was, um, in regards to performance, was apparent wind sailing. And this is the first time we've ever really experienced apparent wind sailing night and day. And it was just so cool to be flying the asymmetric spinnaker or flying the screecher and be sailing well off the wind, but the apparent wind is still directly on the beam. So um, I've read about it before. I've seen it before, but like to experience that and how much of a difference the apparent wind can be from the true wind um, on a fast boat like this was really cool. So hope you guys like this one. All right, cool. So as you guys know, we have had this Corsair 880 for the past, what, since?
1: October. October? Uh, Last year.
0: And we just had to recently give it back. Unfortunately, Corsair made us give it back. We we're trying to keep it. But
1: <laughs> I guess we should tell you how we ended up with that boat in the first place because a lot of you guys are uh, a lot of people thought that it was our boat. It is not our boat. We did not buy it. Um, our new boat is a seawind that was just in the meantime. Do you want to tell them how that came to? Yeah, us?
0: so we're as you guys who follow along consistently know, we are getting a seawind catamaran built. And it should be done hopefully in January. Um, That's looking like it's been the case pretty consistently despite some early on delays um, in the past. So it looks like January is going to be when it's going to be done. And Corsair, what's that?
1: Done in January, but then it has to be shipped across the ocean so we wouldn't receive it until probably late February.
0: Um and brad finn thank you so much brad finn also has a youtube channel on finances really good financial advice and stocks and stuff um but anyway corsair is a sister company with sea Win; they're the same company so corsair sea Win said well while you guys are waiting for your new boat we have a demo 880 this new trimaran available in the united states why don't you guys just take it and use it for a few months and you can continue to stay on the water and sail and everything like that. So we and, said, sure.
1: And obviously they are very, um, into like uh, marketing and they knew that that was going to be a good marketing decision for them, but also for us, because our channel is all about living on boats and being on the water. And if we can't do that, it's hard for us to do what we need to do. So it was good for both of us.
0: So the 880 is not our new boat. We don't own it. Corsair just had it available. They let us borrow it for a few months and that's that. Um, it was our first time ever on a trimaran. We've never been on a trimaran. We've never been on a Corsair before and it was an incredible experience. It was so freaking cool and super unique and we're really glad we did it. Um, so I guess we're going to talk a bit about that and a bit about the boat. And we have a bunch of questions from our patrons that we asked our patrons and they sent us and then a few from Instagram as well. So what's first?
1: What's first? What do I have? Well, it's um,
0: quick update. We already told you about our catamaran. And since we gave back the 880, we're cruising in the truck camper up the East Coast right now.
1: That's where we are right now in our handy dandy Bed of the truck
0: <laughs> and we're gonna head cross country towards the great lakes area and then continue on towards washington and we're gonna be chartering a few other boats along the way so we have uh, at least one chartered scheduled in the san juan islands which we're really looking forward to and i'm sure we're gonna be sailing some other spots along the way probably maybe in the great lakes maybe some more in washington san juan islands i don't know
1: and that um, charter in Washington is actually on a Seawind 1160, so we are super excited about that, not only because it's Orca territory, but also because it's going to be similar to our new boat. So very exciting on those ends. And yeah, that's pretty much our update. We may or may not sell the whole rig in on the West Coast, um, or we might drive it back. We don't yeah, really we'll know We'll see. Yet. We're
0: just really playing about year, and we have a huge time frame to play with, so that's been the goal is just to, we save that. I know time. we say that, but we're getting better and better at it. We're giving ourselves more and more time. We really literally don't, we have almost nothing scheduled except that, you know, a charter or two and plenty of time to get there. So, um, what's next?
1: Um, trailer sailing. A lot of you guys have had questions throughout all the videos about what it's like and, um, who's it for and all that stuff. So we're going to go over that.
0: So trailer sailing in general, what like if you hear trailer sailing, was that ever on your radar? What do you think of trailer sailing?
1: I mean, I had the main... The main one memory I have of trailer sailing is when we were in um, the Dry Tortugas about three years ago, and it was pretty rough getting there, and there was this uh, this father and son, I think, and they were anchored next to us, and all of their bedding was like laid out on the boat. They had all their towels and all their clothes like hung everywhere, and we went and talked to them, and they were telling us about their boat, and it's just a little trailer sailing sailboat. And- Do you
0: remember what kind of boat it was? A McGregor. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a McGregor, which it was is very,
1: very small. And I gave those guys a lot of credit, but that was my only idea of trailer sailing.
0: Yeah. So McGregor's are like um, a smaller monohull sailboat that have, um, I don't know if it's a dagger board or a swing keel or something. Um, and, and you can take down the mast as well. I don't know how that works or anything, but it's a relatively small, light monohull sailboat that you can trailer sail. Um, so
1: the boat we were on was much different
0: <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> sorry i'm getting distracted i gotta turn this you're
1: getting distracted with our shadows yeah
0: no the chat <laughs> they keep popping up good questions keep mm-hmm. popping up so we'll get to them but first um so now you're distracting me with our chat i <laughs> your shadows how was it uh trailer sailing so what does it mean to be trailer sail
1: means that you can literally put the boat on a trailer and trailer it wherever you want to go behind your car or truck or whatever.
0: Yeah, and then launch it and just use it wherever you could possibly get to.
1: Yeah, so... Um, If you live in Michigan, but you want to go sail the Bahamas, or if you live in Maine and you want to go sail in California, like it's all possible. You literally just put your boat on a trailer and drive across the country instead of going through the Panama Canal or whatever.
0: Remember, we also met that couple in the Abacos in Hopetown who also they had a Corsair, actually, I think it was F27 or if not very similar. Um, and they trailer sailed, didn't they come down from the great Lake Michigan area? Yeah, I think so. And, they, and then we have a
1: couple of other friends on Facebook and Instagram who also have, uh, Corsairs and they trailer sale. And other time. Yeah. yeah.
0: Jim and Carlene, if you guys are watching.
1: Um, so yeah, so it's, it's very, it's a very interesting concept. Like just knowing that you can be in one place and not have any access to somewhere way over there. So you just drive like,
0: so how was it? How was it? On the road with this boat. So, so this Corsair 880 was a 28 foot boat. It weighed around, I think, factory says 3,500 pounds dry, something like that. Um, probably closer to like 4,500 pounds with most of the gear on it, but not filled up with water or anything. Um, 500, five thousand sorry, five thousand, five thousand pounds. Probably a good conservative, conservative number to go by. Um, and what do you think? Like, I did all the driving yeah. with it.
1: Um. I don't know. You did all the driving with it. <laughs> like we still lived in the, when we were not like on living on the boat, we were living in the truck camper. So it's not like we were going from rest stop to rest stop, like living in the trimaran and then like going to the next spot. When we were on the water, we lived on the boat, but it is certainly possible. And we've met people that have done that. Like-
0: yeah. they. So we, when you're on the road, you're kind of still living out of the boat, Yeah, which I would expect people who do this kind of thing or, or will do this kind of thing won't have a truck camper i think that's more of unique a unique situation um and it did make it a little more difficult uh, with how we had the mass position because generally like if you have a pickup truck or an suv the mass can be over the vehicle um and it will you know clear it all day long up above it um but with us we couldn't because our our camper was so high
1: and Yeah, all that's super true. And then the fact that you can live out of it while you're driving across country or whatever is really um, awesome. However, if you're traveling like we are, like, okay, bouncing around, like, not a straight shot. Like, you live in California, you're going to Florida. We were in Massachusetts and bouncing from here and bouncing from there. I could picture that being pretty difficult to live in the boat while like, you're driving. Just
0: like as a long-term type Yeah, thing.
1: because, you know, you have the mast and the boom and everything like super secure to the boat, and then it just makes it a little bit more difficult to get in and out of like the living space and all that. But having it as an option to stay in for a week at a time where you're driving cross-country, totally doable.
0: Right, like I think I would foresee most people like doing a long trip. Like they're going to probably take two or three days to get you know, maybe across country even, or take a week to get across country and then they'll launch the boat, use the boat for however long and then put it back on the trailer and then maybe drive back, like probably not doing too much full time living out of the boat on the road.
1: Yeah. And we're just telling you guys this because we've had all of these questions and we want to try to be as realistic as possible. Like we live very simply, but I don't think most people are going to be wanting to live in the boat for two weeks at a time while you're on the road. The point is, is to get somewhere and then live on the boat on the water, you know?
0: Yeah. But like you said, definitely possible. And honestly, in the boat, pretty comfortable still. Like there's no, no, no disadvantages when you're inside the boat. It's just being outside the boat while it's on the trailer. Like you said, you have the mast in the way, so you don't really have much headroom, like in the cockpit. And obviously the boat's folded up. So you don't have all of that, you know, outside space on the boat. It's, you know, but yeah.
1: Okay, get back into actually driving, towing the boat.
0: So honestly, for how big of a boat it was, it was pretty dang easy, I would say.
1: Billy's really good at trailing boats. He's been doing it for a really long time. Um, So good job, good job.
0: Thank you. Um, Can you tell me that again? <laughs> um, it, it was pretty easy. So the, the trailer that we had had trailer brakes, and I could not really imagine doing it without trailer brakes, and they were hydraulic trailer brakes, which are definitely more reliable, more and, favorable, uh, in my opinion.
1: Legally required on that size boat.
0: Yeah, yeah. depending where you are, but I'm sure in most places they are. And versus uh, electronic brakes, um, hydraulic brakes are definitely the way to go, surge brakes. So that was easy. That made it so easy. Like It didn't feel like I needed any more additional stopping power to stop all the weight we had with the truck camper and the trailer. And then the only other issue is... Uh, power to pull down the road and that was fine too like we definitely you know my trucks a our truck is an older truck and uh,
1: sometimes she has issues pulling it out of the lift area but that's the truck issue
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> my truck will it's either the injection pump or the transmission sometimes it'll just decide lag, it doesn't want to pull lag, and then all of a sudden it'll snap snap into not gear it's, it's i think it's the injector pump or computer maybe i don't know anyway pulling the pulling the everything was fine too. Like once we got on the road and we were on the highway, like going up hills and everything, it was perfectly fine.
1: Yeah, but you do have to put and you're very good about this put in forethought to where you're driving and how you're going to turn around. Or if you get into a spot, like think about it before you go into a sketchy situation. Like, how are you going to get out? Or can you make that turn? Or is there enough space to make that turn? Yeah,
0: yeah. So that that's the last thing, you know, last piece of the puzzle is just I don't know what you call it on the road on the water you call it seamanship probably but just Drive, being a good really good driver and that's yeah thinking ahead making sure you have plenty of room in front of you um you know behind the car in front of you to make sure you have plenty of room to brake. um having you know making really wide turns so you have plenty of clearance to get you know because a trailer turns a tighter radius than your vehicle does um so stuff like that so no matter what, if you're pulling something that long, you have to have that anyway.
1: And we didn't. Did we get into any tight spots? One one night, we went out to like we just pulled off the highway and went to like a barbecue restaurant, and we pulled into a giant parking lot. Like it was empty, but we still had to do like four like pull in, pull out, pull in, pull out because it was a giant parking lot, but it was pretty narrow. And then there was like a big ditch in front of it, so you can pull through it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just situations like that.
0: Yeah. But most of the time we wouldn't pull into a spot like that. We just, you know, you pull into a big parking lot, you pull a off on the side of the road. You don't, you don't let yourself get into like a little tight, skinny parking lot or anything like We're that. We're
1: just desperate for and some groups.
0: Usually for the most part, like if you do get in a spot like that, worst case scenario, you can't get out forward. You can always go back the way you came, like just in reverse. You just have to have someone spotting you, which you did a great job spotting me when i needed no,
1: that no i am a terrible spotter billy wants me to do all these certain hand signals and i don't know what they mean
0: i the biggest thing <laughs> that you had to learn was if i can't see you if you can't see me in my side view mirrors oh. i cannot see you so like i'd be sitting there waiting like in the beginning i'd be sitting there waiting to the like beginning. see you in one of the mirrors and then finally you realize but then you got it and it was good yeah, yeah, yeah. um
1: okay back on topic um so where do we go? We started in Massachusetts, yep. um, went all the way down the coast to Florida, stopped in many places in between, did the Florida loop, which was awesome. Where did we want to go? We really wanted to bring the bow over to California or over to the West coast in general. And a
0: lot of places in between, like we want to get to the panhandle. We want to get to, uh, um, like Texas, like the Texas coast on the Gulf of Mexico
1: to really like take advantage of actually having a boat on a trailer because for us, we're not going to get over to that coast for quite a few years or, I don't know, if we ever will even. Um, So having a boat that could do that and then not getting enough time too was a little frustrating, but we enjoyed what we did so much. It was fine.
0: Well, we why didn't we get there? I mean, we basically just decided that we were, when we were doing the Florida Loop, we were like, look, we're just pushing it too hard in terms of like trying to do too much let's just take our time enjoy ourselves because that's better for us that's better for that's better for people watching that's better um made better use of the boat like we were actually able to enjoy ourselves and and yeah I don't know yeah Does that makes sense yeah and so we slowed down a bit and we decided that Florida Loop would be the last thing we did with it
1: Yeah, and we really wanted to, this year, I think one of the things we decided to do instead of, um, or which kind of slowed us down, is we made sure we were with Billy's family for Thanksgiving and my family for Christmas, because last year we were in the Caribbean and we did holidays completely by ourselves. His sister came, so we got to have um, Thanksgiving with Catherine, and then we spent Christmas with Bo and Brandy, but this year was really nice to actually be with our families. Um, And then the other thing we really wanted to do with the boat that we couldn't, um, managed insurance wise was go to the Bahamas. Cause we got that question all the time. Would you bring this boat to the Bahamas? Yeah, we would have been a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> it would be such a perfect boat for the Bahamas. Like that crossing would be piece of cake, especially on a good weather window. And then having that boat over there in the Bahamas and excuse me, the ability to raise the boards, get into some shallow water, beach it, just cruise over the banks like oh man it would be a dream to explore the bahamas with this boat
1: and the reason we couldn't do it is because we were under um a dealer's insurance and we just couldn't get coverage out of the country and i don't know if covid had anything to do with that but it was just out of the country for somebody else and it was just a a major pain um but like we went way farther than the distance we would have needed to for the bahamas when we went from the everglades to dry Tortugas, so absolutely 1000% doable. Um and if you have the opportunity and you have one of these boats, go do it. Don't even think about it. Just check your weather.
0: So, who's this boat for? We kind of talked a little bit about that and,
1: and I guess it doesn't even have to be this boat. It's just uh, a tra- small trailerable trimers in general.
0: Right. Okay. And I mean and we'll we'll talk about this boat specifically cuz it's our only experience on these, you know, small trailerable trimarans.
1: Who's it for?
0: But it applies for. Yeah.
1: I think it's for someone who is going to take advantage of the fact that you can trailer it um, because it, the technology is there. Like, that's what it's made for.
0: Or at least have the ability to pull it out with the trailer. Like, easily and and that's a value to them
1: and that is what we found a lot of people in the northeast were doing they would have the boat in for the season and then they would have it in the yard the entire time during the winter and the spring
0: but they wouldn't need a, a lift to haul yeah, they they it right out on a trailer and and they could put it in their backyard or their side yard they didn't have to have a boat yard necessarily
1: yeah so you're not paying those fees um who else would it be for or it's for the major adventurer who wants to be able to sail in california the great lakes maine florida like texas all the way in between and they can just decide where they want to what they want to do on like a whim and they don't have to worry about okay i got to go through the great lakes or the weather or any of this kind of not the great lakes the panama canal um or any of that stuff
0: um it's for people who (laughs) what it's for people who want to race. They we saw at the Corsair Nationals, and we knew this already that there's quite a racing, uh, um, group who who I mean, they're fast boats, and people love racing them. Um,
1: and that's another thing. Like a lot of the races are in a lot of different parts of the country. So we met people that came from I think Texas. Oregon and oh. Texas and all these places. And there's different. There's like a race series. Like there's a race here this time of the year. This and they just kind of follow and do them all.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, and especially the person who wants to race, but also wants to be able to cruise on it for a weekend or a week at a time. Um, right. So, so the questions we get asked most common in relation to this are, can it be, would it be a good full-time liveaboard? So like, what would you say to that?
1: Depends who you are. It depends where you are.
0: Anything could be a good full-time liveaboard.
1: Yes. Um, it it just depends on like could we do it yes absolutely we've shown we have spent two months straight on it
0: yeah we could but like not yeah that's full time but beyond that
1: for a full year every single day no we couldn't do it but it also depends like are you in florida and brutally dying during the summer or are you going up where it's cool and it doesn't matter that you're super close in the bed because it's not hot like
0: I think, like, for a single person, like, single-handing, it could be a full-time woman board. 100%. Um, For the right person, of course. Like, if you're asking that question, honestly, like, probably not the right If you're doubting
1: it, probably not for you. Yeah. Um, For us, two months was good. Like, two months was, like, a good point for us to like be back in the truck camper
0: like we put it to the test like that was putting it to the test we did it um it was awesome it was hot at times it was rough at times and it was probably the max that we would like realistically want to do it and like enjoy
1: but i think the only reason that we got like got ready to be done was because it was hot and buggy
0: yeah it got real hot in the keys if the end it, it
1: wasn't And if we were just in a different area where we like, it just wasn't as hot, then I think we could have gone longer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Don't you think? I think so.
1: Like there's not, I wouldn't like, we didn't have an air air conditioning in that boat. Obviously if we were living full-time on it, we wouldn't have room to have an air conditioning on it, obviously, but we definitely would have more fans and that would make it better. Um, and we would probably try to not be in the Florida Keys in uh, June.
0: So we had a, uh, we had a meeting uh, or I had a phone conversation with the gentleman who bought this boat. It's, I, he probably, I think he has it right now, actually. And he was asking about like, cause we were living on it for a month or two and he was asking me about like upgrades or improvements. Like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? So, um, one of the things like you said are 12, uh, 12 volt fans. Like it needs a few more 12 volt fans could, you know, use some more USB, like, connectors and chargers and stuff like that. One major thing that I would recommend for it would be like a boom tent. Like we got that cheap um, plastic shade, like uh, yeah, what's it called? Like shade tree, mm-hmm. just like a cheap plastic shade. And that was awesome for shade, but it would be so awesome to have something similar, but which was completely waterproof. So that when it's raining outside, you still have that whole cockpit and some of the trampoline that's completely dry uh, from the rain. Um, we've heard about people putting a permanent or semi-permanent like bimini on it like we had the dodger on it which i thought was awesome um you thought it restricted your winching abilities at times um but i really thought it was a good compromise because like when we were up here and it was late fall and cold and wet it was really nice to have the protection of that dodger there talk to them but (laughs) um but some people were talking about putting like a semi-permanent Bimney on it as well. And I just, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I would have to see it and how functional it is, but a boom tent for sure. Like you wouldn't use that when you're sailing, but as soon as you drop the hook and your sails down, you put this boom tent over. And I think that would be amazing for like a live board type situation.
1: Yeah. And those, um, the shades that we had, we had it on, Am- uh, adrenaline and we had it on this one, like $30 on Amazon. Can't beat it if you want to test it out. Um, Another thing, back to that whole like live aboard question. For us working full time on the boat, another thing I would suggest if you're like thinking about living on a small trimaran is. Figuring out how to max out your solar and battery capacity because we needed to run the generator every time we needed to charge our computers. And the way we use our computers, we always have hard drives plugged in and the battery gets drained so quickly. So, pretty much anytime we were on the computer, our computer needed to be plugged in, which meant the generator had to be on. It was just kind of difficult. Um, and we didn't have what's it called? The normal outlet? What are these?
0: Uh, like an inverter for the AC outlet yeah 110
1: 110 outlets there weren't any of those so the only way we could plug our computer in was through the generator yeah
0: and that was our scenario like i don't think most people who are probably going to be doing weekend or week-long trips at are most be on the are yeah are gonna be on the <laughs> computer they'll be enjoying the boat like we have we had to work on the boat and be on our computer but so. it goes
1: back to that live full-time aboard thing if you're living full-time you are going to need to charge your computer or do whatever like right you're going to are you going to watch TV at night? Are you going to watch Netflix? Are you going to send an email? Probably. Um, so just obviously things to think about.
0: Um. You met. You had a good point with that. And oh, power! So I, I, they it came. It had an AGM battery in it. Like I would go lithium all day long in that thing. You'd get so much more capacity for. Billy's a convert. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> when when weight is a factor, like there's no, it's lithium all day long. And then you could definitely fit another uh, flexible solar panel on there. I don't you know. Could fit.
1: Two, you could put them on the bimini. You could do the flexible ones on the bimini. Yeah, I'm sure you could, sure get, like, you could three more.
0: I'm sure you could get creative and put more solar on there in a really you know functional. Way still
1: or even like on the trampolines like foldable ones that like hook on
0: no jetty jetty's um, like kicking her bowls down here she wants some food or something
1: um yeah live aboard what else about that boat
0: how was it uh sailing for so <laughs> you how was it sailing
1: originally i was not pleased <laughs> i was not pleased i was always stressed why um, because everything just happens oh, so fast. And the
0: reason I bring this up is because we've gotten this question a lot. Like, would this boat be good for a beginner sailor? So what would you say to that?
1: For, as you a beginner sa- sailor, absolutely. It depends on your personality and your per- like your person. I am a, when it comes to sailing, like, I'm nervous. I'm a nervous sailor. I'm, I don't even know if I would call myself a sailor. Um, but yes, for you, it would be great first learning like well now
0: after your experience like after now that you're comfortable on that boat what would you still say the same thing Hmm. and and are you were you more nervous on that than you would have been on like uh you know any other similar
1: Yes, because it starts out with, oh, you're on a trimmer and it can flip. And, oh, it goes super fast from zero to 20 knots in two <laughs> seconds on your first day. Like, oh, that's scary. <laughs> um, but the more I was on the helm, the more comfortable I was. And I don't know. Like,
0: I think that it, it, it'd be. a cool- Like, by the
1: end, I was totally fine. Totally fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, what could go wrong? Well, it could flip if you're very negligent.
1: And that wasn't going to happen. It's just me getting nervous about how fast we're going and you're, me not knowing what to do when I get overpowered to make the power less and right. not more. And that was my fear.
0: Yes. And Most
1: people don't have that fear. So it would take me.
0: a lot to flip that boat. Like, you'd have to be... Honestly, like, I don't even know if a beginner really could flip. It, it, you'd have to be sailing it pretty hard and then be negligent or just pushing it to the extreme um but once you like you said once you learned what to do when the boat's overpowered like release the main sheet if you're flying a big head sail make sure you release that sheet or always be holding it so you can release it easily um and then you know steer downwind stuff like that once you know those things which wouldn't take too long to learn then yeah as long as a beginner sailor is very confident and comfortable doing those things I think it would be fine from there. Um, It'd be a cool boat for a beginner sailor to learn on because it reacts so quickly. You really understand sailing really quick when you have a, a lively boat that reacts real fast. And
1: that's what I liked about it. Like I learned so much. Like on adrenaline, um, Billy does most of the work. Like I obviously I do my watches and everything, but... I've, I never had, like, a concept of, like, what was happening and how I fix it. But now, like, on that boat, I learned all of that stuff, which I've been wanting to learn for a really long time. So you learn a lot about sailing really quickly, which is awesome.
0: Um, on that note, there's two versions of the 880. There's the standard version, which is the one that we had, and the sport version, which... Um, it's basically a taller rig by like five feet, and I whatever square footage of sail area that comes with, and a longer bowsprit, which also adds to more sail area um, for those bigger head sails, and uh, like a slightly bigger, generally a slightly bigger, you know, genoa instead of a 90 e or 95 percent jib. Um, so basically, just more power, and then there's some other differences as well. And people were asking us, like, which one would you go with? And in my mind, I was like, well, honestly, like, if budget wasn't that much of an issue, I would go with the sport because then you always have the option of having all that additional sail area, that additional power, um, but you could always reef it. Um, But then someone said something to me once also is like, that's a powerful boat. So if you are hesitant or nervous about having all that power, you're not comfortable reefing, um, stuff like that, then that's a situation where, um, I might say, all right, well then stick with the standards, you know, I'm the opposite.
1: I would absolutely go standard all day long
0: for those reasons.
1: One, one main factor is the mast is taller. And a lot of places on the West coast of Florida, you can't get that boat under certain bridges. That's what we talked about those people. Yeah. But look,
0: but you can put the mast down even on the water.
1: Uh, yeah, but that's a (laughs) pain. Like, you don't, you don't want to have to do that all the time. Like, this, like our version, we didn't have to do that at oh, all.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So like if you live in the panhandle yeah. area and you want to keep the mast up, yeah, that's a good, that's a factor for certain locations. Like you for don't sure. want to
1: have to worry about, okay, there's a bridge coming up. Do I have to lower the mast? Like we didn't have to worry about that at all. Going through the locks, going through the West Coast, like none of it. But we've been told that with the spore on the West Coast of Florida, there are certain bridges where it will not fit under.
0: Right. So that's where, yeah, standard might make sense if you're on the fence. Yeah. yeah um that's all
1: the notes i got (laughs) (laughs) so should we ask them if we have um some questions just in general from people that i have listed that we want to answer but does anybody have any specific questions about trailer sailing trailer sailing, trimarans, or the 880 in general.
0: And we do have some uh, questions from patrons and also from some other places. About those topics? Yes.
1: Okay, we'll pull
0: those out. Um, So let me look here.
1: And I will read your chats. I saw that the...
0: Oh, there's one. Can you pull up the one on Facebook? Just look at this one quick and see if there's any good ones in there. Um, someone, so, uh, Tucker on Instagram, super Bob star asked, how do you deal with the weather helm? And honestly, like when the boat was well-balanced, there was almost no weather helm. For those of you guys who don't know, weather helm is like when you get overpowered, um, the, the boat generally wants to steer up into the wind and you have to pull the helm or the tiller in this case, opposite of that to keep it on track. And so it doesn't uh, come up into irons, um, eventually, and when the boat was well-balanced, there was no weather helm. It was like barely a little, um, and it was fine. So if you did, did have some weather helm, you were doing something wrong. One way you can balance weather helm, like if you are getting overpowered, is just to really crank on the main sheet um, of the main, you know, the sheet of the mainsail, crank down on it, get that mainsail nice and flat, make sure the outhaul is pulled so the foot is nice and flat, and then you can just put the traveler down to leeward. Um, so the sail's flat and down to leeward as much as you want until the helm is how it should feel, which is pretty neutral. And when in doubt, reef, of course. Uh Rob Netch says, does it have enough space to carry a wingboard along? So, in terms of like what we carried, we carried a bunch of stuff when we were cruising and doing the Florida loop. We had a bunch of kite gear, we had a bunch of spear fishing and diving gear and stuff like that. How how was that? can it carry a wingboard?
1: Mm, we had it we loaded would have pretty dang to good eliminate something because we always liked having one trampoline completely empty a wingboard would not fit in an AMA; it wouldn't fit through that hatch
0: but it would fit it you could, could
1: fit in the v berth.
0: yeah you just go through the main hatch into the v berth. yeah Tuck it up there
1: however we had that area filled with a twin tip and with foil, and right. Like, but
0: if that was your only thing, then you could. Yeah,
1: right. if it was your only thing, you could. For us personally, we had the dinghy on one trampoline. We like to have the other one completely empty, and then our V berth was completely filled with lots of other things like uh, other kite gear and stuff. So,
0: yeah, we had the boat pretty loaded for the, a lot of that trip. Yeah. Um, in terms <laughs> of that, when when we had the boat empty, because we've gotten this question before as well. Like on anchor, people have said that the boat rocks side to side
1: it's a patron question oh, okay to my phone, my phone. um
0: the boat heels side to side so remember when the boat was empty how when it was on a mooring or on the hook there's always one float in the air mm-hmm. right so when we were we cruised to Hadley's Harbor real quick and it was lightly loaded do you remember the wind did kind of push it from side to side a little bit yeah. Or, like, you'd walk to one side of the boat and the the other float would come down, touch the water, the other float would pick up. But as soon as we started putting some stuff on there to be even, like, a little bit cruising style, both floats just started to touch the water. So that, like, instantly solved that problem, basically. Um, and then I, one last thing I wanted to touch on in terms of anchoring and being on the boat on anchor was that if you had your anchor out and you just had the anchor line tied on a cleat or whatever, one snubber to the bow, um, the boat would swing back and forth a lot. It would really sail back and forth on the hook. So you had to put a bridle off of both bows. And if you did a bridle off of both float bows to the anchor road, um, the boat just sat steady straight into the wind. And that was a, that was a cool thing to realize like how much of a difference that made.
1: Yeah. Um, a question just came in from a patron and they want to know how was docking it and then launching it. And again, trailering, docking, Billy's really good at everything, <laughs> like literally everything. Um, But it was definitely difficult to dock in certain situations. And I think the hardest part about it is, is that it's really difficult to get to the very forward part of the AMA. So when we're coming in, like obviously, usually that's the first point of, contact and it's hard to have someone way up there fending off right um so it takes pretty good control on the helm it's definitely possible but we definitely um yeah (laughs) came in a little hot a few times (laughs) not
0: just Just once (laughs) i remember
1: and scott did once to do at the race
0: yeah no you're right yeah it was hard to like get to that very front of that alma to fend off but Honestly, like generally, and the, the, in those situations, it was pretty dang windy. Yes. But even then, like we just, you can learn to control the boat yeah. in those situations very well, especially with the dagger board down. Like even with a single small outboard, it was pretty easy to understand what the boat was going to do. You could, you could walk the stern in, you can walk the bow in. Um, you can control how much dagger board is, is up or down to help you with that. Um, but with the dagger board all the way down, like you could pivot the boat around in its own footprint, basically. And
1: I think that just takes time, like messing like with like on an empty dock or even not even on a dock and just practice turning the boat and kind of walking it and whatnot.
0: Yeah. The Um, only, the biggest thing I could see people new to this boat getting in trouble with is um, docking in, in really windy or high current situations. That's when that experience really comes into play. But, you know, if, if it's calm conditions, just go, this is what they always say in crew or in boating in general, go as slow as you're prepared to hit the dock with your boat, you know, yeah. basically. So just go super slow and you'll figure it out really what it was. It was impressive with how much control you had. Docking that boat.
1: And then the other thing with launching is um, we always scoped out boat ramps before we like fully set up. Number one thing is to make sure that there are no power lines like blocking you. Um, from, cause we, nor- you can put the mast up when the boat is in the water, but we just found it easier to put it up before we put the boat in. Um, so making sure there was nothing in the way of that. And also we like to find like a boat ramp. Like I'm trying to figure out like what we were looking for. We like to have like the boat ramp here and then a long straight kind of area where we can, get one person, get it in and wait for the other person to kind of walk it along until we can get it situated where we want it. We've had, we had some boat ramps where you get it in and then you immediately have to make like a tight turn and like get it on the other side. So it's not in the way and other people can start putting their boats in. Um, and again, when it's super windy or nasty conditions, it's a little difficult with two people, but definitely doable. We probably put it in and out about 20 times. Yeah. Um, And yeah, you just have to like think about what could happen with the wind or with the waves on the boat ramp you're in. And as long as you can kind of foresee, you can have lines in certain areas or have somebody in a potential dangerous area to prevent it from, I don't know, going wrong.
0: Yeah. And so it took us, what would it take us about? Um, Corsair claims that you can launch these boats in what, 30 or 45 minutes, you know, when you're practiced and you have it down, which honestly is true.
1: It's we t- never got there. It took us about an hour to an hour and a half, and that I, is. Sh- I,
0: and I think it took us about an hour to launch. Like if we were just doing everything consistently, not filming and not chatting, and just doing it.
1: Which never. <laughs> there was we're, always we a camera, always and there was filming. always people asking questions about this spaceship looking thing that you're about to put in the water, and then
0: a, and then slightly longer to take it out just because we had to tie more knots and secure everything and we really took our time both ways just to make sure we didn't miss a step we weren't going to mess something up
1: yeah we triple checked pretty much everything because again it wasn't our boat and if we weren't worried about it not being our boat we were worried about driving this boat a hundred miles like on the highway and we needed to make sure everything was secure and not going to fly away or not going to fall off and hit somebody else so the way we were doing it just took longer because we were extra careful, and because we were filming and talking and yada yada yada. But definitely possible to get it in between thirty minutes and an hour. We tried not to put the boat in and take it out in the same day, just because it got kind of exhausting. We did we it wanted, once. We did it twice, I
0: twice. Think. and twice, yeah. and it was it, yeah, it was just tiring, like putting it in. Sailing for a long day and then Having taking it out. And
1: then realizing you've got to do it all again.
0: Yeah, but it, it's possible. It totally possible, but I was just tiring, So we would try to make use when we did put it in. Yeah. Um, is that all you had there? Yep. So we had a patron question. He was asking, um, how was like, how were the, the tankage on the boat? The water tank was about, the freshwater tank was about nine gallons. When we were cruising, we had two, two extra five or six, six gallon jugs. And the nine gallon tank itself is kind of small for like cruising more than, you know, it depends depends how you use water, depends how many people are with you.
1: We're good at water. We're
0: pretty good at conserving, but it was still a little small if we were going to be cruising for more than two but days. But with the two
1: extra jugs, it was fine.
0: Yeah, with the two extra jugs, it was perfectly fine. Yeah, and it gave us a little bit of um, leeway. Leeway. So like when we completely drained the freshwater tank we we had some more water to and we knew all right we're at our last of our water.
1: Like I think that would last us a uh, solid week. Um nine plus uh yeah about twenty gallons, gallons.
0: Yeah. yeah twenty gallons we had total. Yeah it lasts us about a week. That's with showers, that's with doing dishes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um at the bathroom there was standing headroom throughout this boat, which for us isn't a big deal. I'm only five eight, five nine. We're short. But but I think the headroom was like over six foot. It was like six there? or had Kirk a Kirk really, probably. Yes. Kirk was like six foot or something, um, but in the head area, because the 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 shower sole pan? the sa- shower pan whatever the grates were raised a bit and it's a little lower up there. It wasn't standing headroom even for me, which didn't bother me much when I showered. Like it's a small space anyway. You're either sitting down on the toilet or you're brushing your teeth <laughs> or you're showering, and when I showered, I just went on my knees and. Like you I could, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I went on my knees and I showered because <laughs> the, the sink thing pulls out and that was a shower head and it was just easier than crouching down oh, like, and like showering. Nice. I just went on my knees. It was, it worked out really well. So, um, someone was, yeah, he was asking about that. Like, so it was a little bit short. If you go on your knees though, it'd be fine.
1: Or you can you just shower it. off the back. Cause there's a, uh, water's.
0: A spigot, yeah, shower head off the back of the boat, and that was really nice too because, um, like once we got in warmer water to shower off the back of the boat,
1: a wash, fresh water rinse,
0: yeah, you save a lot of fresh water that way. Um, on that note, what about having the hot water heater? Like, we were in well,
1: we were definitely in cold areas, however, most of the time we were in warm areas, and I prefer cold
0: showers? I prefer warm showers. So
1: I could have dealt without it. You couldn't have.
0: Yeah. I like. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is for that. Like if you're. It just
1: depends where you are and what kind of showers you like.
0: If you like hot showers and you get cold easy and you are more going to be cruising it rather than racing it, then probably go with a hot water heater. It heated up pretty quick with the generator. Like you needed the generator on to do it. um, But within 30 minutes, it was like pretty hot. And then within an hour, it was like boiling hot, like super hot. Um,
1: Any other Corsair related questions? I got a lot of non Corsair or trimmer.
0: Yeah. The single burner alcohol stove. Like you got used to making one pot wonders on there. And how often do we have to fill it with denatured alcohol?
1: Ooh. Probably every two days.
0: Every Once every two days, yeah. And I don't know how much it took. It wasn't very much. It was like, what, six ounces or something? And I
1: don't know why at the beginning we didn't just get a giant thing of denatured alcohol, but I felt like we were always looking for denatured alcohol. Yeah, because we I was just getting these the stupid one. little jugs. Yeah, I should have
0: <laughs> just gotten a big jug. It would last us the whole time.
1: Yeah, silly, silly, silly. Get a big jug. Um, Anything else we got there?
0: Would there be... Well, how do you like that stove? Like,
1: Oh. um,
0: You know that...
1: I didn't... like. I didn't mind it at all. It just took a little bit longer to make dinners, and you had to get creative on what you're going to make, but Pinterest has got you covered. Um, the
0: reason they go with an alcohol stove in that boat is because alcohol fumes rise. They rise, so the dangerous thing about propane is that propane fumes sink, so in a boat like that, it can sink into the ca- Like If you have a propane leak, leak, it can sink into the cabin, build up, and potentially be very dangerous. Like yeah. you know, no, I boat thought it was, could explode. I
1: thought it was totally fine. A lot of people um mention people that have uh or whatever, that they have like a little a burner that they can put like in the single burner. Yeah. Or like our Coleman like campfire so we could have done that. We also have an Instapot, which we could have connected to the generator, but we just didn't want to run it that much. And it, was, it was running, but <laughs> but I just and I didn't want to have to store it. We had lots of other things, I, Um, but now that we're back, like in the camper,
0: <laughs> it feels like luxury having three burner gas stove. I
1: wanted our Instapot so bad for so long, and now I haven't touched it because like we have three burners in an oven, and it's like what I can't use them all. <laughs> but no single burner was totally fine. Pinterest all of your meals, and you'll be just dandy.
0: Yeah, it, it, we got used to it pretty quick, and. It just there's always a trade off on a boat. I think that's a great compromise, like it, it's a good system for it. Um, you could a
1: lot of people said they have like the solar ovens,
0: oh, uh, solo stoves, or yeah, solar yeah. oven. But again, like you, if you, you have too much of that kind of stuff on a boat like that, you're just gonna,
1: yeah, but you gotta gonna, take it. Most people don't have four surfboards, and a foil, uh, and true. a wing, and a kite, and dive gear. Like, if they want to have an Instapot, pot, they can, yeah, true,
0: <laughs> true, true, true. Um,
1: sorry, I was gonna effect. say. <laughs>
0: Um Apple, any more on so, this one. Yeah, a lot of people
1: on. want updates on other real life things going on.
0: How was a re- refrigerator? It was a little Dometic drawer refrigerator.
1: Totally fine, totally fine. Kind of
0: kind of small, but it was fine. Yeah. Like it would be for cold stuff for a weekend, it'd be plenty. We used like what we do in addition to that for cold stuff? Was that it? no
1: that's all we had Yeah. It was fine. Wow. I yeah. don't know why you said it was small, we- it's fine. <laughs> Um, if we didn't have to have and again, for coffee, we would have had more room for it. <laughs> uh,
0: Like Everything is a compromise. You can always use a bigger fridge, but yeah, that worked perfectly well, well for that boat. Yeah, And it didn't draw a lot of power at all.
1: I didn't have any complaints about the fridge. None, none, none.
0: Did it take a while to cool down and did it keep things cold? Yeah, it, it kept things cold. It,
1: yeah, we had it on the whole time.
0: Um, Did we worry about Jetty going under the Traveler and out the open transom. Not really. Even for Jetty. Jetty sm- fell
1: off the second night we were ever on that boat into freezing cold <laughs> water. Totally
0: different scenario <laughs> from what this guy is asking. He's asking about, like, probably sailing, like, or oh. what about her, like, going but out. But my point under- was,
1: she fell off once and the rest of the time she was absolutely totally fine for the next eight months she Sorry.
0: fell off while we were on a mooring it
1: was her first time she, on the boat yeah
0: it was first time on the boat she went up on the beams that were slippery for her paws like they have non-skid on them but still for her paws they she, and it was cold right. and she just like slipped off hit the trampoline and like rolled into the water and then i it was cold
1: <laughs> and, I, and you're in great white territory
0: we're in we're in hadley's harbor and i went over and i was like leaning over the side of the boat trying to pick her up and I couldn't pick her up out of the water, not because she was too heavy, because I was, was I was laughing, laughing. and I because I was like, man, she's it's, she's probably like this water's freezing. And then you started yelling at me, get her, get her, and then I was laughing even more, and I couldn't pick her up.
1: Billy's evil, but to answer the question, no, it's totally fine. Jetty's it, just super smart.
0: Yeah, but and that traveler, like Jettie's a pretty small dog. She's what thirty five pounds, forty pounds. Oh, yeah, she never went back there. And yeah, and she and that traveler is pretty low, like maybe for a little a smaller dog than Jetty, you'd have to worry about them, like maybe slipping out the back if it got nasty. But yeah, it was it was short enough where Jetty would have been blocked by it.
1: And even if it was nasty, somebody's in the helm uh seat. And then you have the tiller, which is either was just blocking the other side. But it,
0: his, I think his question is mostly like related to having that open transom because like While other, we're sailing. Yeah, just in general. But that's my
1: point. Somebody's sitting on the helm seat with their feet down and then the tiller is blocking the other way, so yeah. there's not really anywhere to go. But
0: it's still an open transom compared to, like, um, some of the other Corsairs have, like, they're, like, closed transoms. Oh. Like, that thing is blocked off by, like, something like a solid bulkhead.
1: Well, it's not blocked off solidly, but...
0: Yeah. But there's it, there enough obstruction. Yeah. That we didn't worry about her there. Um... What did we love about the 880 and what would you improve if we were to own it?
1: Kind of went over the improvements when we were talking about living aboard.
0: Yeah. What about in terms of sailing? I mean, in terms of sailing, everything was, autopilot. there's a lot of different options you could do. Yeah. Autopilot. Definitely. Especially if you're going to do longer trips, like to the Bahamas, Which drive is really possible.
1: like there's a spot to put it. We just,
0: and, have and it's a cheap, simple autopilot. It's just an electronic, uh, tiller pilot that people use for them. And yeah, that'd be great. You'd, you, you won't want to use that if you're like pushing it you know, sailing, but but for, like, longer sails and you're not pushing it much or you're, like, right there at the helm anyway, it'd be fine because you could just pop the thing right off and take control of the tiller easily. Any okay. other improvements?
1: I think we went over, like, the solar... Like, we would add more. We went over all that stuff already.
0: Yeah. Um, cool. Should we...
1: Okay, now we have some non-Corsair related questions that were from Patreon and people on Instagram. Um,
0: All right, hold on one sec. I'm going to end this. So this, we recorded this as a podcast as well. So you guys could always go back and listen to this. Um, check out whatever floats your boat podcast. We've kind of been slacking on it, but we're going to try to we're
1: getting back on there. get back
0: on that grind. And uh, so I'm going to end that here. If you guys are listening to the podcast, I'll leave a review.